the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Ushers, you are not just standing there handing out bulletins saying good morning. You are worshiping the Lord. You're doing a service to us. Being a greeter, being a host and hostess, that's, that's all part of it. That's a service to others, and that's a sacrifice given to God. Singing in the choir, singing a solo, our ensembles, uh, those who play a musical instrument. Every service-related ministry in the church service is an act of worship, a spiritual sacrifice of service offered to God for the benefit of others. We are called to glorify God in every part of our life, every minute of every day. Worship is not something that happens for an hour on Sunday. It is how we live all the time. If we can grasp the concept that our life glorifies God and every act of service that we do is an act of worship to God, it will change how we live. This is Verse by Verse Radio. Pastor Steve Kreloff is continuing the series on worship. This is such a vital subject for us to consider. God wants to use it to change your life. That's why we're excited that you've joined us today. Let's listen as Pastor Steve talks to us about the sacrifice of worship. John Stott, in his excellent book on preaching, and I I believe it's the best book, it's certainly the best book I've ever read on preaching, it's called Between Two Worlds. I say that for those of you who may be studying for the ministry, that is one great book, Between Two Worlds. He said this about divorcing preaching from worship. He said, the two cannot be divorced. Indeed, it is their unnatural divorce which amounts for the low level of so much contemporary worship. Our worship is poor because our knowledge of God is poor. And our knowledge of God is poor because our preaching is poor. But when the word of God is expounded in its fullness and the congregation begins to glimpse at the glory of the living God, they bow down in solemn awe and joyful wonder before his throne. It is preaching which accomplishes this, the proclamation of the word of God in the power of the spirit of God. That is why, he writes, preaching is unique and irreplaceable. Irreplaceable. End of quote. So a church worship service, what have we seen? It must, first of all, consist of people whose hearts are prepared. You are to make sure that your hearts are prepared. And I might just say just a word of of advice. Maybe you want to make sure you get a good night's sleep Saturday. Just just a word of uh, of caution about that. Secondly, biblical preaching ought to be part of the worship service. And that's that's my commitment, our elders' commitment to you, that we will teach the Word of God to you. And we're not we're not cutting back on that. In fact, we're going to add an hour. To, no, I'm kidding. I just want to see your heads look up. I did that in the early service, and uh, I got some real bright eyes looking at me. Remember Spanky and our gang, Buckwheat? He'd always raise his eyes. I got that in the early service. The Buckwheat Christian look. So, Well, there's a third truth to guide us in our corporate worship, and it's this, that a church worship service involves, number three, spiritual sacrifices. Spiritual sacrifices. I'd like you to look at 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, and there's a great statement that Peter gives in verse 5. 
First Peter chapter two, verse five. Peter says this, writing to believers, you also as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood. Why? He writes to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Now, in this verse, Peter informs us that as God's people today, we are all priests. Did you know that? We are all priests. We are a priesthood. And, and priests would come into God's presence and, and, uh, they'd offer up sacrifices. You are all, I am priest Steve. That's, that's really what I am. And you are a priest. And as a holy priesthood, what are we to do? We are to offer up, he says, spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Now, what does he mean by that? What does he mean? What is a spiritual sacrifice? I think that often when we hear the term spiritual, we think of non-material, non-physical. That's not what, what Peter means. That's not synonymous. Spiritual sacrifices are not necessarily non-material or non-physical sacrifices, although some of them are, but that's not, it is not, uh, spiritual is not synonymous with non-material. What is a spiritual sacrifice? A spiritual sacrifice is something the Spirit of God directs you to give to the Lord. That's what makes it spiritual. Not whether it's physical or uh, or invisible. It's something the Spirit of God directs you to give to the Lord. Now, how do we know what the Spirit of God is directing us to give to Him? Well, beloved, He directs us by the Word of God. And the Bible specifically tells us about spiritual sacrifices that we should bring to him as we gather together with others to worship him. I'm going to give you from the New Testament three spiritual sacrifices you ought to bring to the Lord each time you come here on Sunday. These are three spiritual sacrifices that you are to give to him each Sunday that you come. First of all, number one, The Bible talks about the spiritual sacrifice of praise. Hebrews chapter 13, right? Just a few, a couple of books before Peter. See, James and then Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 13, tucked away at the end, towards the end of this wonderful letter. In verse 15, our writer tells us this. Hebrews 13, verse 15. He says, through him... Through him then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is, and he clarifies it, the fruit of our lips that give thanks to his name. Just as an Old Testament worshiper was to bring an animal or a grain sacrifice to God, so today, God doesn't want that, but today what he wants, he wants us to worship him by bringing to him our praise and thanksgiving. That's exactly what what, uh, the writer means here. He says we are to continually offer up a sacrifice of praise, which means, now watch this, I said this before, but I'll reiterate it, we don't go to church in order to praise God. We bring our praise to church with us so that we can praise God together with other worshipers. Someone put it this way, the worship service is not an interruption of our praise, it's a continuation and augmentation of our praise as we join hearts and voices with other believers. What this means, what this means practically is this, your singing in church is extremely important to God. It's extremely important to Him. It really is not an option for you whether you're going to sing or not. I know there are some who do not sing. How do I know that? Because I sit up here watching you. That's how I know that. Some don't sing. But it is not an option. 
You're not singing for Bill. You're not singing for me. You're not singing for those around you. It is through music that we can offer. And music is not the only way, but it's through music that we can offer together our praises to God. Your singing is for him. What it is, it is basically a love offering to the Lord. It is a love offering. You may not sing very well. It doesn't matter. God says we're to offer praise and thanksgiving to him. Therefore, be careful that you don't miss out, and watch this, that you don't miss out on on worship because of a preference you have for a certain style of music. Be very careful about that. We all have preferences. We all have styles that we like. I have certain styles that I like. I have certain styles that I don't like. But I don't have an option to not sing those songs that maybe I'm not familiar with or maybe they're a little different or they're new to me. You are to worship God through them. And I want to show you something. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. I mentioned this a while back in the message today, but I want, I want you to see it because this, this is so very helpful for us. Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. The biblical pattern for worshiping God is uh, through worshiping God through music calls for a variety of musical forms. God tells us what the variety should be. We worship him through psalms. What are psalms? Well, uh, initially, psalms were the uh, the psalms of the Old Testament. They were put to music. They, they were originally music, uh, poems, and, and love songs to the Lord. We don't know the music. We don't know the tunes. We don't know how they sounded. We know the words. But what, how Paul is using it and how we use it is basically this, that when we sing to the Lord, we ought to sing Scripture. And we did that this morning. Jehovah Jireh means uh, Jehovah my provider. And, and we, we just uh, combined in that song. It's a combination of a number of scriptures. That's singing psalms. And, and uh, you can't go wrong with that. That's the word of God. But he also said hymns. Now, don't, um, don't think that Paul is thinking about a hymn book here. Paul's not thinking about in the year 2001, they're going to have some hymn books. No, a hymn... A hymn is a song of praise that specifically exalts the person and work of Jesus Christ. That's what he means by a hymn. It's not just scripture, but it is something about Christ, something about God and his character. What is a spiritual song? Now, a spiritual song would be songs about spiritual truths, and they could cover a wide variety of subjects. Could be a testimony, could be a, a just personal worship. But I want you to see that you never want to get into a, a, a thought pattern there. It has to be one, it has to be all hymns, has to be all uh, chorus and praise songs, has to be all scripture songs. It's a variety of songs. Variety of songs. So it, it is easy to get stuck on the old hymns that you grew up singing about and singing. It is easy to get stuck on that and never move from that. Folks, be careful about that. You're limiting your worship. You're only, you're only affecting the Lord wants you to sing, wants you to sing other things. And I would say be careful uh, for those of you who are only into praise songs and choruses. Be careful that you don't get stuck on that so that your, your world doesn't expand. God wants to be worshipped through a variety of, of musical patterns. And that's what he's laid out for us here. And the point is this, that you should approach singing in church as an offering of love to the Lord. 
If, if you don't, you're missing out on something, and more than you, it is for God. So sing and worship. That's, that's your sacrifice. That's your worship. The second spiritual sacrifice that the New Testament speaks of is your giving. Your giving. I'm talking about financial giving. It is a sacred act of worship when you place your offering envelope in the offering plate. And I don't think we, we uh, realize that. Placing your money in the offering plate should be an act of worship. You are bringing a sacrifice of money to the Lord. This represents a sacrifice of your hard-earned labor. Let me show you Philippians chapter 4. Just one book back from Colossians. Philippians chapter 4. I want you to see this in its context. Your giving is worship. Philippians chapter 4, verse 15, Paul says, You yourselves also know, Philippians, that at the first preaching of the gospel, after I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving but you alone. For even in Thessalonica you sent a gift more than once for my needs. Paul says that I was with you, I ministered to you, I, I left your region of Macedonia and said, I want to commend you because you're the only church that was thoughtful enough to consider my needs. Nobody else, no other church even thought about that, but you, on more than one occasion, made sure that you gave me a love offering. But he doesn't want to be misunderstood. Paul didn't didn't minister to get money. Here's what he says in verse 17, not that I seek the gift itself, but I seek for the profit which increases to your account. Paul says, I'm not in this to get money. I'm not commending you because of something I got out of it. I'm commending you because it's the right thing to do. And, and he's going to go on to say it is beneficial to you and, and it worship you worship the Lord. Notice verse 18 where he says that I'm not writing to this I'm not writing to you because I sought the gift, but I received everything in full and have an abundance. I am amply supplied, having received from Epaphroditus, that's a man who they sent this gift with, what you have sent. And here, notice he says, a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. He says that God is well-pleased when we give him our offerings with love and worship. That's why in 1 Corinthians 16, Paul says, when the church gathers together, you ought to take a collection. It is part of your worship. You ought to do that. And we ought to, and I say this to our elders, our deacons, our deaconesses, our pastoral staff, our finance committee, we must, as leaders in the church, make sure that our primary concern about the offering is not uh, if we made budget that week. What we ought to be concerned about is is, are our people worshiping God? Did they did they give? Did they obey God? Was it a sweet smelling sacrifice to Him? Not not budgetary needs. Obviously, that that uh, is always a concern, but not concerning our worship. Our primary concern should be: Did we worship God through giving? So be conscious of what you are are doing when that plate passes you by and you place that offering in there. That's worship. That's a sacrifice of giving. There is a third sacrifice that we're, we're told about. We went over the sacrifice of praise, the sacrifice of giving, but now there is a spiritual sacrifice of service. Back to Hebrews 13, a spiritual sacrifice of service, sort of overlooked, and um, this is critical, so I want you to pay very close attention to what uh, to what the writer to the Hebrews is saying. Hebrews chapter 13 
verse 16. We looked at verse 15, which says our praise and thanksgiving to be offered. But verse 16 says, and do not neglect doing good and sharing, meaning doing good to others and sharing your possessions with others. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. It's a sacrifice. This verse is referring to the act of worshiping God by serving others. And we serve others, we're told, by doing good to them and sharing our possessions with them. You see, when you serve others, you are actually offering a sacrifice to God that pleases him. That's that's exactly what he's saying here. Now, this obviously can't be limited to a worship service, but it does apply. And how do we apply this to a worship service? How can you worship God by serving others in the context of a church worship service? Well, one thing that stands out in my mind is you can carry out a ministry related to the worship service, to the church service, such as ushering. Ushers, you are not just um, standing there handing out bulletins saying good morning. You are worshiping the Lord. You're doing a service to us. Ushering. Uh, being a greeter, being a host and hostess, that's that's all part of it. That's a service to others, and that's a sacrifice given to God. Singing in the choir, singing a solo, our ensembles, uh, those who play a musical instrument. Every service-related ministry in the church service is an act of worship. It's an act of worship, a spiritual sacrifice of service offered to God for the benefit of others. Offered to God. Now, there's one special ministry that I want to just highlight because I think they're overlooked. I think uh, they're they're not given enough attention, and it is related to uh, worship, and it can be easily overlooked and uh, even ignored. But it is an offering of sacrifice to God on Sundays, and that is the ministry of our nursery workers. Of our nursery workers, do you realize? the good that they do for you mothers and fathers? Do you realize how much good they do that they take care of your children so you can come in here without being distracted? They'll take care of them. And do we realize as a congregation all the good they do for all of us? Do you know what it would be like if uh, if they were all in here? <laughs> now, let me say as graciously as I can. This is an appropriate time. Uh, I would uh, I would address the mothers at this point, and I would ask for your cooperation to do good for all of us by putting your child in the nursery um, when they are crying, especially. And th- if they're crying and maybe they're sick and you can't put them in the nursery, then sit out in the lobby with them because... Their crying does distract us. There are very few things that distract me in a worship service. I am, I tend to be oblivious. People will say later, say, Oh, I'm sorry. I got up and had to go out. I didn't even know you were here. I, I, I'm just oblivious, but I never miss a child crying. And that's probably the case with you. There, there is nothing more distracting in a worship service than that. And it distracts us from worshiping God. So, so let me appeal to you mothers to, to help us in, in that regard. And if you don't know where to go, we have wonderful ushers who will help you, and uh, we, we just want uh, the best for a worship service. I also want to say this, that if you are looking at the congregation, especially the, the women here, I'm focusing on the women, you're looking for an opportunity to bring a sacrifice of worship to God on Sundays by doing good to others, then consider 
Consider worshiping the Lord by working in the nursery. We desperately need women in the nursery. Desperately need them. We need workers. And you don't have to work every Sunday. We're just talking about, I think it's like once a month or so. And if we had more, it'd be maybe once every two months. But not only would that be worship, that would be worship. That is serving us, but it's a noble task. It is a noble work because it is a sacrifice given to God. So I hope that you'll respond to that. Call the church office. Let us know you're available. Let them know at the nursery, and uh, that would be great. So what have we learned today? That when we gather to worship, we're gathering, first of all, to we, we come with prepared hearts. And I hope you'll make sure that your hearts are prepared. Secondly, we come to hear the word of God and then respond to the God of the word in adoration and praise. Thirdly, we are to offer spiritual sacrifices to God in the form of singing, of giving, and of serving others. And uh, maybe you want to be an usher. Maybe you want to be involved in that. Maybe you want to be in, and I didn't mention uh, uh, children's church and other things that go on during the, the service here, but all kinds of opportunities. Now, let me say this, and I know that you're packing up already. I can hear it. I know. What takes place when we worship God? There's a dynamic that ought to take place in a worship service that affects evangelism. Now, listen, listen to me. Paul told the Corinthians that, and it was in the midst of correcting them about their bizarre and chaotic worship service, but he said, if an unbeliever enters the church service and they hear God's word and they're convicted of their sin, here's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, 25, what will happen. It says he will fall on his face and worship God, declaring that God is certainly among them. Now that is exciting. What that means is that we, when we have, and when we follow what we've been studying about worship, and there's a dynamic of worship, and there's a reality of worship here, and we're excited about it, and we, when unbelievers see the reality of your worship, of my worship, they will conclude God is really here because they'll think I've been to a lot of dead churches. And, and nothing is happening and they go through the same old routine. But these people really seem to know God. I want to know about this God because there's a right, uh, there's a reality here. And I would say if, if you're not a, a Christian, if you're never trusted Christ, if you've seen the reality of our worship of God today, then I urge you to trust Christ for salvation and join us as we worship him. Let us exalt his name together. Let's bow for prayer. Father, thank you that you've redeemed us and you've, you've redeemed us, Lord, to be a holy priesthood. Lord, we are priests offering sacrifices to you. We're your people and we pray that as a result of being instructed in the word of God today that our worship will be enhanced, Lord, that we'll truly enter into New Testament worship that we will have prepared hearts, that we will have also hearts to receive the word of God and respond in obedience to the scriptures. We also pray that uh, when we come on Sundays, Lord, we'll come praising you, that we'll sing, even, even if we're off key, Lord, that we'll just sing to you as a love offering and that our giving to you will be uh, a sacrifice. It will be um, our, our, our offering as a worship item, as a sacred act, and we do pray 
that you'll help us to serve you. Lord, we realize that uh, in serving and doing good to others, it's not limited to a Sunday service, but uh, it certainly includes that. And I specifically pray that you'll raise up more who will work in the nursery, Lord, not not out of feelings of guilt, not out of feelings that they've been uh, reproved, but, but out of the promptings of the Spirit of God that this is a noble task, this is a good thing, and this is a need. Father, we do pray that our worship would have such reality and a dynamic to it that unbelievers will know that uh, that we really do know you, that we're not making this stuff up, that we really have come to know Christ and we're excited about him. And so I pray for that, and I pray for any here without Christ that uh, before uh, the sun sets today, they will have placed their trust in you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God wants us to prepare our hearts when we come to worship. He wants us to interact with all that He tells us in His Word. And He wants us to respond in sacrifices of service to Him. There's so many ways that we need to rethink what we call worship. We'll continue this great series on our next broadcast. Thanks for joining us today for Verse by Verse. This radio program features the teaching ministry of Steve Kreloff, pastor of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. You can download this message and find lots of other resources by visiting our website, versebyverseradio, all one word, dot O-R-G, or by calling us at 727-239-0306. Verse by Verse is a listener-supported radio ministry, so we are very grateful to each of you who give to support this ministry. For Pastor Steve and the rest of the staff here at Verse by Verse, I'm Jerry Pruden inviting you to join us then. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flint. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.